you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ, Bucky, back together. Buck, uh, how are you doing, man? Did you watch the uh, the finals, uh, the Nuggets clinching that one last night? I did. I did. And look, it was great to watch. And I think it's everything that we've talked about when it comes to team building. Uh, if you have a talented team, if you can get them to play hard and get them to play with toughness, man, you can do a lot of different things. And sometimes, DJ, I know when we've been building teams, you always have this team that is basically kind of like, the, the litmus test, the measuring stick. And I think for the Nuggets, playing the Miami Heat forced them to take their game up a notch. And what I am curious about is how they can take the lessons that they learned this year, playing a team like that in the finals, and how they can take that and build upon it as they go forward and try and do it again and again. Because you heard Mike Malone talk about, uh, hopefully this isn't the last one that we're going to get. But can they take what they learned from playing against a team that really is built on effort and toughness and grit can they take some of that add it to a very talented core and make that a part of their dna as they continue to try and own landscape in the nba so who's the nfl team who's the nfl nuggets 
Oh, man, uh, a talented team that could kind of team that's in the tournament every year, but hadn't been able to cut, you know, hadn't been able to break through. And then also, I would say the Buffalo Bills. Okay. I would say the Buffalo Bills, and I would say that Josh Allen would be Joker. I would say that the Buffalo Bills had been kind of to that the 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 edge, the cusp of being in the prom, on the prom in, entering the promised land, but they haven't figured out how to do it. So what they have to do is, and we thought that they would do it when they played the Kansas City Chiefs a couple times, that they would learn from the Chiefs how to be that team that is always there in the end. Um, I think that is that is the team to me. What team do you think? Is there another team that we're missing? Yeah, I was thinking Cincinnati. Ooh. Yeah, you know, Cincinnati's kind of right there. I don't think like Man, you know what? And I didn't yeah. I didn't watch a ton of the NBA, but of what I did see, like I don't think just what I watch the Nuggets, they don't play with any fear. Like there's no I think Cincinnati yeah, kind of has that to them. Cincinnati has that. Yeah, you know what? You think about the grit and the toughness they've been to the finals. Uh they did that. That's that's not a bad one. When you think about Joe B, Joe Burrow, how uh he's kind of changed the culture and how they kind of feel like they belong and they play like that. You certainly can't dispute their talent. Um, low heartbeat leaders like to me like Jokic is kind of calm always poised like Burrow I would say calm poised like under control you know the best thing about Joker is like and everyone kind of has love affairs with teams that win the chip but I would say DJ if your best player exhibits what he exhibits you you see how he always kind of deflects always raises up his teammates Never takes any of the shine on himself. Talks about the team first, his teammates, the coaching staff. He never really makes it about himself. I think it's easy for a coach to build up others when your best player is willing to be selfless in that regard. His best traits outside of being a skilled player, man, I just think he's an outstanding leader because he never puts himself on a pedestal that others could. Look, everyone says he's the best player in the NBA, but he never acts like that amongst his squad. He talks about being one of the 15 and that stuff. Man, when you have a player that is willing to kind of do that, it makes it easier as a team builder to say, hey, guys, look, if our best player is willing to sacrifice and check his ego at the door, all you other guys certainly need to be able to do it as well. Now, I I, I think it's a great point, and I think to me um... – I saw an interview with Aaron Gordon before one of the games. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was uh, game four or five, but he had talked about how they really – a lot of people talk about it, but they really do believe that, hey, if we all sacrifice, we all benefit. Like, we're all going to come out ahead on this if we don't really care who gets the credit. And a lot of these – oh, it's cliche and all that kind of stuff, but, like, not all teams really implement that. You might talk about it, but not team – there aren't teams that implement it. Hey, this is the, – the game today calls for me to play defense and rebound. Like, that's what this matchup in tonight's game calls for me to do. That's what I got to do. No, there is a, a big part of that, DJ. You see it with champions. I mean, you can win with talent. And sometimes your team is just better with players, and so you never get into those things where you have to sacrifice or whatever. But um, Chris Sherman used to say, hey, everybody needs to pour in before they can dip out. Meaning if this is a big old pot – we got to make sure we pour in our individual sales before we can take some back for us. Because the better the team is, the more the accolades go, not only collectively, but individually. And when you have Aaron Gordon and some of those other guys who were really good players in their own right, talk about it. Because it's not only Aaron Gordon, but what about Porter? You know, Michael Porter Jr. sacrificing, Jamal Murray being able to do what he did, uh, Bruce Brown and some of those other guys that played their role. And I mean, look, Christian Christian Braun, who Brown, who, who who 
came in, had some DMPs, but then he played a lot. And they just talked about the challenges of being ready and all of that. To me, that's what great teams do. Great teams, hey, man, I'm going to play my role. And sometimes it's for me, sometimes it's for somebody else. But if we all kind of take this mindset that whatever is needed, I'm willing to do, we're going to have a chance to win a lot of games. And winning is ultimately the, one that re- the thing that rewards everybody in a major way. So last football tie-in here, then we'll get on with uh, the rest of the show here. We've got a good one. We're going to talk about linebackers, have our linebacker draft. We've got an interesting draft study that we're going to jump into. But last football carryover here. Um, when you look at the Denver Nuggets and how they played, bigs, right? Big, long, across the board. And I, I was sitting there thinking, isn't that – I mean, because we had – we we're coming out of the Golden State – the Golden State era, small ball, fast, athletic, undersized. And like we've seen the NFL game emulate the college game. Everybody's getting faster, maybe a little bit smaller. And now it's like, who's going to be the team that rises back up and says, hold on now, we're going to just go out here and get big and we're going to beat people up. And I, I honestly, the team I was thinking of was the team that you work with, the Jags. Yeah, no, it's funny. Um, it, it Like I literally was sitting on there and I'm, and I'm looking and I'm watching the Nuggets and DJ like not saying I'm, NBA connoisseur. I'm a master, but there's some things when you're watching games, it looks easy for one and hard for the other. Yeah. So you watch the Nuggets go make a couple passes, shot easy. <laughs> Miami, everything is, man, you're laboring, you're trying to do it. And so it, it reminded me of what Nick Saban used to talk about, bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah. I'm going to build my team. If my team is bigger, faster, and stronger than your team, more times than not, I'm going to beat you. Like over time, over a 60-minute game, we're just going to wear you down. And when you looked at the Nuggets and how big they are and how they added the toughness and they were physically imposing and how Miami appeared reluctant to take shots in the paint, I was like, well, that's why you want the bigger team. Yeah. Like that's why you want the team that can wear you down because there's something to all of the advantages that you have when your team has bigs, has size, has speed, has all of that strength. But there's still a a fear factor that comes with that. We always talk about looking at the team that gets off the bus. And no one one wants to do that. But we've all played for teams or we've all worked for teams where the two teams come out for stretch lines in pregame. And you find you kind of gaze down and you're like, ooh, man, they look (laughs) a little bigger, a little bigger than I thought on tape. Like there. Holy smokes. Hey man, that guy's huge. And it doesn't mean anything outright. You're like, oh no, we're good. But deep down inside, you're like, man, they are big. Oh, yeah. I, I remember I remember it with the Chiefs offensive line. If you remember, like, not this version of the Chiefs, not the Andy Reid Chiefs, but the Chiefs where they had Will Shields and all those dudes. Oh, I mean, yeah. but I mean, like, they were well, – I can't remember. Who was the uh, – Brian Waters and uh, – Oh, they, just they were came just out there. huge. They, they were big, man. They just beat people up. Willie so, Rofe, because Willie Rofe was on that team, was huge. Well, think, think about the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys in their heyday when they've had that big offensive line. Yeah. And they were going to run the football at you behind. Like, let's just say with Zeke, they had it with DeMarco mm-hmm. Murray. But let's with Zeke, they were just bigger. They were road great. And you just knew, man, hey, we can't, guys, we, we can't be down going into the fourth quarter. Because if it's in the fourth quarter, they're just going to lean on us. And eventually, uh, we're going to tip over. Uh, I think there was something to be said when you're watching that game. You're just like, man, just look how big they are. Look at the size. Look at the, pro- the prototypical traits. People don't like that when we talk about it in scouting. But DJ, like... There's something to it, man. There's some, there's something to it. Lasting transition, because while I was watching that, I also had a chance to watch some of the baseball, the NCAAs. And mm. I don't know if you saw... I saw the Stanford Tech. ending. Whew. Oh, how heartbreaking. So now, look, oh. how about the, the, 
the kid that got the hit, Drew yeah. Bowser, mm-hmm. family family friend. Come uh, on. Played, played in my son's Little League all the way up, the Encino Little League. His mom, Yvette Bowser, is a famous like uh, writer, worked on TV shows, showrunner, everything. So I've known Drew since he was little. So, DJ, to watch that, I'm looking at both of those teams. And I always look at them in comparison to, like, where, where Trey plays at San Jose State and what some of those teams like. And then I'm looking at the rest of them. You talk about prototypes. Did you see the size of the players on both of those teams? Like I, I just saw the highlights at the end of it, so I didn't get to see it. Are they big? I mean, just the athleticism, the size, and those things. Now, it's heartbreaking that you lose a game where you kind of lose it. I can't even yeah. say in the lights. You lose it in the twilight. Twilight, like yeah. you can't, You can't find it. But it's just another thing where people don't like to hear about the prototypical traits. But in every sport, if you go get the prototypes and you play to the odds, more times than yeah. not, your team is going to be there. And it's something that we'll talk about later when we talk about small school guys and some of this other stuff. Yeah, 100%. Um, you led me right to it. We're going to uh, jump into this little draft study real quick, and then we'll take a break and come back and, and do this linebacker draft. But um, I, I was curious about this. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they brought up a point about the transfer portal. And he said one of the things about the transfer portal is, like, you know, in hindsight, like obviously it was different circumstances, you know, where Randy ended up at uh, at Marshall. But Randy Moss now, like, you know, he left Florida State. Like, he, he would have gone – he wouldn't he wouldn't ended up at Marshall you know what I mean like that there's a million examples of players like that that they would not have finished up where they started they would have gone Mm -hmm. somewhere else they would have been offered so much money they couldn't turn it down by a power five so I thought okay well maybe this era is over where we don't see kind of non-power five guys go in the top 10 and I was curious I said you know I wonder what how many we've had so I went back to the all the way back to the 2013 draft so if you go back to 2013 there have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players drafted in the top 10, which is not many uh, mm. over that period of time. And of those nine players, you have one, two, three, four, four of them are quarterbacks. So the quarterbacks would be, if we go back and start at the beginning here, Carson Wentz in 2016, Josh Allen in 2018, and then you had the two in 2021 with Zach Wilson and with Trey Lance. So those are, you know, those are the quarterbacks. Um, and you look at it and say, okay, overall, I'll kind of give you the, the big picture, then we can jump into it. But if you're going to say slam dunk hits, like it's already been put in the books, these are hits. Three of the nine. And I'm counting mm. Sauce Gardner already as a hit because one yeah. year I think we've both seen enough there. I mean, he's our elite yeah. player. So and, and that one's different too because Cincinnati was in the thing playoffs. Like they were one of the four best teams in the country. This is not – some, you know, removed team outside the, the power structure of college football, but they're not in the Big 12 yet. They will be next year. So that's a big hit. I gave Ed Oliver, who's just coming off of a big contract that he just got. That's a that's a hit to me. Even though the mm-hmm. stats don't blow you away, I think it's been a hit. And then Josh Allen, overwhelming, overwhelming success. So those three. Then you've got some maybes like Corey Davis, some some good and some average. Carson Wentz, some good and some average. Uh, Fisher and Ziggy Ansa, Eric Fisher and Ziggy Ansa, you know, solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you'd say like unbelievable top 10 picks, but not bust by any stretch. And right. then I would say, you know, that look, the jury's still out on Trey Lance. We haven't got to see him play enough. Um, and then I would say, you know, Zach Wilson, from what we've seen, looks like that's not that's not going to work out. But only three overwhelming successes. So here's what's crazy, right? So we've gone from 
You know, before we used to talk about small school guys and we were talking about one double A, Division Two, mm-hmm. those things. DJ, now we're at the point where we're talking about group of five and category. Like we're <laughs> That's putting the new those line. Guys, That's the new line. We're putting those guys in a separate category. We're seeing teams not even and, and here's the funny thing. And maybe it's part of what I would say Ron Wolf's wisdom way back. So when I was a player for Green Bay, I would always talk to Ron. Um, Hall of Fame executive about a man scouting and those things. And one day we came across the topic when he talked about small school guys versus big school guys. And it came after time. I think they took a kid way, way back, maybe from a small school tadpole. I think his name was uh, Roosevelt Blackman came from small school. Maybe uh, I can't remember what small HBCU. And it was overwhelming. Didn't work out for him. But in talking to him, he talked about, you know, like, there's a reason why you scout big school guys. When you go to Michigan, you're playing in, a, in front of 100,000 people. You're playing best on best. And you're trying to project which guys can play in the National Football League. And if you think about it, the odds would suggest that I have a better chance of finding someone that plays in those environments than finding someone who plays in, no disrespect, to a mom and pop school who I'm now going to project that he's going to take the jump from playing in a small school and being able to handle all of the things in the National Football League when it comes to the jumping competition, the jumping atmosphere and all that other stuff and do it. He said, I'm not saying that it can't happen, but I'm saying if we're mitigating the risk, the risk, the the odds would tell you, you spend more of your time mining the big school landscape because more times than not, those guys are going to make it as opposed to the diamond in the rough that you may find at a lower level. Yeah. And one of the things I, I was thinking of when you, uh, you know, you look at where you're going to find those guys. I, I was curious. I was just looking over the the all pro team as you're talking here. And, uh, you know, you'll have a Joel Batonio, right? Come out of Nevada, uh, all pro, all pro player. Um, you'll look and we'll get into the linebackers here in a minute. But like Fred Warner at a BYU. Those guys, the just at first glance here, some of the guys in the mid-round picks that have been big hits from small schools, they're still not at the premium positions. You know what I mean? Like you're talking about yeah. interior offensive linemen. We're talking about uh, linebackers, maybe safeties here or there. But like offensive and, you know, in terms of like offensive tackles, let's start there. You look at pass rushers, corners, like, man, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for those guys now with the way it is at those premium. Because it's just like the colleges are just like the NFL. They're going to place a premium in terms of the money they're going to offer these kids with NIL. Yeah. The money's going to go to the pass rushers, the quarterbacks, the corners, and the tackles. Like It's going to it's going to be the same value system that the NFL has. So I still think you're going to have these mid-round hits at some of these non-premium positions, tight ends, you know, running backs, linebackers, safeties. But at those marquee, marquee positions, I think we might be done seeing these guys come out of the uh, outside the power five group. And I mean, look, it's, it's unfortunate. And people say that you're setting up these biases. But now with the transfer portal, it's almost like uh, the group of five in lower schools would then almost be like a, a farm system for some of the power five schools where everyone would kind of end up finishing like up. Yeah, finishing up at a higher level. I, I will I will say when it when it comes to that um, in terms of non-marquee positions i mean dj you can see it like even at wide receiver like most of the guys that are at the top of the thing are are power five guys and i know Mm -hmm. people will say well yeah like that makes sense because of the odds and the numbers and those things but i mean outside of cooper cup who is who is the top 
premier wide receiver that has come out of a non-power five guy. We just had that draft. Did yeah. you, I think Cooper Cup was like the only guy that I think we would put up there that wasn't a guy that played at a power five school. And so it just kind of further evidence when it comes to a guy's efficient at the, the big, big pond. And so I don't know what to say. Like if, if you're a group of five guy and you ask me what's my advice, I was like, I, I, I don't know. I'm just telling you right now, it appears that there's a trend where the national football league are looking for guys from power five schools because they're trying to kind of narrow their focus and hey, I'm going to take the best players from the best pool. And that pool appears to be power five schools. Yeah, the only other one is Tyreek Hill, and that's you know he he would have been at Oklahoma State or wherever. Exactly. If he, if, with with yeah. cir- circumstances, yeah, circumstances, yeah. situations forced him out of that. Yes. Outside of that, I mean, you, I mean, it's there, there's nothing. I mean, I, Gabe Davis, I think might be the next one who's thirty third in receptions last year or thirty third in receiving yards. So that's right. And, and look, if you have a monster year, if you're if you're at uh, uh, you're at UNLV and you catch a hundred balls your freshman year. You're not going back to UNLV. You can't afford to. You're going to get offered by all these, you know, Pac-12, Big Ten, SEC schools are going to offer you so much money. You know, it, you know. I know in the in the back in the day there was guys that were trying to convince players to transfer up. You know, and I, some guys. I was talking to a coach about this the other day. He was talking to one of his players about it, and he said, you know, I asked my guy, you know, player. I think he'd been at Idaho, and said, did you ever think about transferring? And he said. No, he said, I, I you know, I kind of looked at some, I was kind of upset that I wasn't recruited by those bigger schools. And I thought a lot of those players were entitled and I wanted to kind of, I liked my guys and my group he said, so I wasn't going to transfer. He said, yeah, but you were, you were before the port, like before NIL. He said, what if there was NIL? He goes, ah, that, that's a different story. <laughs> it's one thing to you say, know. I'm not going to transfer up, you know, for free. It's another thing to say, I'm going to turn down 250, 300 grand. They ain't doing that. No. Okay. So DJ, like, let's think about it. Cause we've been, we've been on this side. So now when you think about, uh, let's just go back to our area scout days as you're allocating your time in terms mm-hmm. of, yo, we make two, maybe three visits. How do we earmark that? Should be do three spend, to one. You know, it's three should be three. 75% of your time should be spent at the power five schools. My opinion. So, I mean, so, so think about how that changes the calendar we think about on the West Coast, that means I'm gonna spend my time at SC, UCLA. I'm gonna go to Utah. I mean, I'm gonna drive by. You well, they, they better be an A level player, right? I mean, if you're at, if you're at a C level school, I'm not going to. I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna spend much time looking at B level players at C level schools. I'm going to so, C level schools to see A level players. And so and so, like my time, like back in the day, uh, Idaho State, when I went and saw Jared Allen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and at the time it was to see him as a long snapper. Like yeah. it was kind of a bonus that he became the pass rusher, or whatever. But DJ, so now you talk about, I'm not saying we're making the job easy for our buddies, but I'm saying, hey, now you just fly to Mate. school, just kind of hang out. Just kind of we hang used to out. always say, we used to always say, right, major in the majors. Like you know, major in the majors. And you're talking to somebody who went to App State. I mean, when I was there, it was a one double A school. But I'm just telling you, like, for every one of those guys, and look, you want to find those diamonds in the rough, but for sure you do, but at what cost? You're gonna miss. You're gonna misevaluate the 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 greater you know, greater success potential guys at the big schools, so that you can go scour around to find the one diamond in the rough. It's like, yeah, man, you congratulations, you hit on a six round pick who you know who's a nice role player for you, but your first, second, third round picks suck because you didn't properly spend the time to evaluate them. And so everyone has to understand this. Like uh, when you're when you're a team, the focus and emphasis is always on the first three rounds. Like. Those are where the bulk of your starters should come from. If a starter emerges from rounds four through seven, 
that's great, but that's kind of like a gravy pick. That's someone who either was misevaluated by the crew, has some character issues, some medical stuff that kind of felt caused him to drop, or maybe they just developed at a phenomenal rate once they got into the program. But you're counting on your first, second, and third round picks to be guys that are the nucleus of your program going forward. Yeah, and then I would add also, you know, hey, maybe if you didn't like, I loved, I said it when when he got picked that Marte Mapu was my favorite player, he's my favorite player that I studied last year from Sac State. But you know what? I got a chance to see him at the Senior Bowl, so you know, may, maybe that's one less trip out to Sac State, and you're going to get a chance to see him against better competition on, a, you know, against more NFL guys at the Senior Bowl. He aces that test. You spend more. T- there's what I'm getting. There's time. There's time to get those A-level players at C-level schools. You can you you got time to work that one out. But I will be allocating more of my fall, like you said, and we were talking about a major in the majors, man. I mean, that's that's everything. Keep the main thing the main thing. You can't go wrong. And I know this will upset the apple cart, and I know we have a, a, a host of draft nicks and aspiring scouts or whatever, but you can do that. But if you think about time on task, you want to spend your time making sure that you get the top guys right. It's very similar to, like, the stuff we do in TV land, right? Everyone gets mad on Path to the Draft or some of the other shows that we're on. Man, y'all only talk about the guys at the top. Well, those are the guys that most of the people are going to focus on. As much as I would love to give you the hidden gem that's going to be the six-round pick that hits, for TV people want to know who are going to be the guys, who are going to be the guys. And when you look at the all-pro list and all those things, the all-pro list tell you first, second, third round. That's normally where those guys are coming from. And so – it's all about mitigating the risk, and that's the only way you're able to do it. And so it brings us back to the conversation. Power five schools are where you got to be at. Yeah, I remember an old scout, and I don't remember exactly. I'll probably mess this up how he said it, but it was something along the lines of we're talking about allocating time when I was getting started and everything, and he had used the phrase like, hey, we all end up having to clean up some some poop, right? And he said, you miss on a first rounder. that You got to clean up some elephant poop on that one as an organization. So you miss on a yeah. six round, little rabbit pellets. <laughs> it's not great. It's not ideal. You got to clean it up, but those aren't big. De- those are not a big deal. And I was like, all right, good, good advice. Good. Get the, get, get the, get those top guys. Right. Uh, anyways, it's an interesting discussion. Kind of looking back at that. I think it is fascinating to see what it looks like in the future, but uh, nine guys going back to 2013, I, I guess if we go into the next 10 years, I would not imagine we see three or four go in the top 10 from, uh, from non-power fight, it's not going to happen. No, it's, it's not going to happen. It, it kind of plays into the what they call it, the Pareto principle, 80 percent uh, of your production comes from twenty percent of <laughs> the task. And so, if you talk about like the 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 small number of power five schools are, but you're talking about eighty percent of the players coming from there, yeah, spend all of your time mining those things, and you're more likely to get it right. 100%. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to have our draft, our off-the-ball linebacker draft for next season. Uh, Bucky, I believe, gets to go first, but just so he knows, um, Michael Parsons is off the table. We'll get to that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair? Or to have hair plugs. 
I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. All right, Buck. Uh, we're up. We're going to do hey, some off the ball linebackers. Are we, wait, are we wait, sure? What's going on? So, okay. I, w- I would like to bring the judge in because I think I have some evidence to to make this point. Oh, you're trying to you're trying to change the ruling. The ruling's no, already I'm, been made. I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. You change can bring the him ruling. in. Nabil, I'm trying, bring him I'm in. Trying, I'm trying to enhance the ruling because I think I have some evidence. So okay. uh, back in the day, we had a player make all pro at two different spots. That would be one Khalil Mack who made it at edge rusher and linebacker. So I believe because there's a precedent that Michael Parsons should be able to be evaluated at both positions since he plays both of those things. If you go to the depth chart on ESPN, you can see that he's listed as 
How you gonna use ESPN? You're gonna get in trouble with the bosses on that one. We're gonna edit that out. We're gonna edit it out of the podcast. You can't use ESPN. Where is he? Where is he? Let's go to let's go our lads as a neutral. As a neutral. Let's go to what do we got at our lads, Nabil? Look that up. Where we got him. I'm willing to concede if our lads has him as a linebacker, Buck, I'm gonna allow you to make him a double pick. I don't do it. I just wanted to bring that up. I just wanted to bring up the Khalil Mack thing just so I could do it. Yeah, they they have him as a they list as Leo, so that's like a left end, right? A Leo, yeah, yeah, stand up outside linebacker, which technically puts him in the edge category. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. All right, all right, he's off. We he's go, off so, the table. So now, so now we're doing we're doing off off ball linebackers. So guys, off that ball are linebackers, off ball linebackers that I guess they play in between the tackle box in, inside the tackle box and all these different restrictions on labels and stuff that we have. Um, all right. So I guess, I guess that's, that's my choice. I feel like this kind of whack based on. Hey, it is what it is, man. That's where we are. (laughs) That's fine. All right. So first off ball linebacker, we're going to take, you already brought his name up. Uh, I I love him at a Mike linebacker. I'm going to take, look, I'm going to take Fred Warner. I'm going to take him uh, because the size, the length, the athleticism, the way that he has come into the league and really been a dominant force on what some would say is the best defense in football, the San Francisco 49ers, give me Fred Warner. If I'm building the defense, I want this guy right in the middle. Yeah, I was going to go there. I was hoping somehow you wouldn't take him, but uh, you took him. He's off the board there. I, I think he is. I do think he is the top guy. Um, all right, my uh, my next pick here. Now, I'm, I'm going with this guy knowing he's coming – coming off injury so you know last year i'm gonna throw out last year and i'm gonna look towards the future but i'm, I'm still gonna go with shaq leonard here is my number is my first pick but when he's wow. healthy when he when he's out there when he's 100 percent, buck i i think what he brings to the table is pretty unique um i still have got to get used to calling him by his proper name um since he changed his name on me that kind of screwed me up darius, uh, darius the artist yeah. formerly known as darius leonard um, I'm pulling up some of his numbers here just to kind of back it up. But I mean, last year, look, he played played in three games last year. All you have to do is go back the year before, and you can see the production and what he brings to the table. It's uh, it's pretty special uh, as a player. Everything he can do, covering pass lanes, uh, blitzing him, anything you want to do there, he can do it. So I, I'm going to go with him. I'm across my fingers that we get a healthy season out of him. Talented player. Um, when you think about the, the the Tampa 2 defense and guys that you want to have, he's a perfect weak side linebacker, running chase player, instincts, awareness, very disruptive and productive when it comes to creating turnovers. I'm with you on that. I'm going to go with uh, the Baltimore Ravens made a move last year. They may have changed their defense going forward in the future. How about Roquan Smith uh, from there? And the reason why I want Roquan is he can give you a little bit of anything and everything. Uh, when you look at his stat line from last year, 169 total stops, four and a half sacks, three interceptions. DJ, you, you talk about wanting to have someone at the second level that can impact the game. Roquan Smith is the kind of defensive playmaker that you can build your team around. Yep, a uh, big fan of his as well. You're kind of you're just working on, on, right down where I was thinking too. So I, I was tempted to take him. He had a better year, obviously, last year than Shaq Leonard did. I'm um, just kind of betting on Leonard coming back off that back injury and, and you know giving us what we had seen previously. But I can't I can't hate on Roquan Smith at all, especially what he did when he showed up in Baltimore. How he changed that defense around. Um, okay, a couple different areas I can go here with this next one. Um, oh man, it's tough now because now 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 we're getting. And so you're putting your scout hat on, and what do you want? Because yeah, because they're different types of guys. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go with one. I might go again. I don't. I, I don't think you'll have this one up there. I'm going to go with Nick Bolton uh, with my next one, who I get to see. Uh, this is kind of what he's going to continue to grow in and be. I think he had three picks last year uh, against the Chargers. He's hell on wheels. I mean, he plays unbelievable against them. Uh, but you saw it in the Super Bowl as well. He can run around, make plays, got tremendous range, tremendous speed. Uh, I think he's one of the more talented linebackers in the NFL, and I'm uh, I'm betting on that trend line continue to head up. So I'm going to go Nick Bolton with my second pick. Wow, look at you just kind of doing doing big things. So, DJ, so here, here's the thing, because we talked about it. We talked about a little bit giving hall passes or giving some grace to guys that might have fallen off a little bit. And so I'm going to give grace because I remember how good this guy was when he came in and what he did early in his career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go with Devin White. And the reason why I'm going to go with him is because quietly, I mean, look, it was a bad defense last year, uh, 124 tackles he had five and a half sacks like dj when you think about just what he's able to do is like that 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 pass rusher from the interior of your defense at the second level it's hard to find guys that can do that so give me devin white right there i'm gonna take him i know there's some clips and my guy baldy's taking him to task i know warren sap is taking him to task sometimes for like maybe the inconsistent effort i'm gonna say knowing that he wants a big contract i think he gets that fixed this year and he goes right back to the top Okay. Um, all right, I can get with that. I'm going to go with a guy who just got a nice chunk of change in free agency. I'm going to go Tremaine Edmonds, um, who just because of his size and his length in the middle in a pass game, to me, is a nightmare to kind of navigate around. Uh, we'll see what he does there with Chicago Bears. They're trying to recreate the Brian Erlacher role there with a big, long, rangy, uh, off-the-ball linebacker. So uh, I'm going to go with him, hoping for a big year for Tremaine Edmonds and the Bears. All right, DJ. Uh, we debated it quietly, privately, and some things. And so I feel like right now I may be given a bit of a lifetime achievement award, but I don't care because this guy's going back and we're going to give him credit for his moxie and his leadership ability. How about we go with Bobby Wagner for the Seattle Seahawks and what it should be his swan song. When you look at what he did for the Rams last year, he had six sacks. Uh, he was around the ball, had a couple of interceptions, made some plays. I'm going to give him credit for the other stuff. The aura, the leadership ability, and the intangibles, I think it makes a difference. I think we see it play out. Yeah, I mean, it's credit—it's incredible what he did last year uh, at his age and just continues to play at a very high level, always around the ball, very instinctive. I got uh, uh, I got nothing bad to say about Bobby Wagner. I kind of thought he might fall off a cliff, and it didn't happen. He's, he's continued to play well. So I, I'm going to actually go and uh, – oh, man. I'm going to grab the teammate of a guy that you already selected. I'm going to go Dre Greenlaw. Oh, I looked at him. Dre, Dre Greenlaw, you know, we can make a case he might be the second best linebacker in the NFL. Like, if we're going to go Fred Warner as a top guy, the, the next best guy might be the guy who plays next to him. Again, outstanding in coverage. His eyes work. Um, he's somebody that can take on if you want him to take on. Not many guys can do that anymore. He can do that. He can slip blocks. He has the range. He can cover. Uh, you know, I, to me, he's a complete linebacker. He's a complete player. And I think he's finally starting to get his due a little bit for what he's been in this league. Good player, man. He's really a, a really fantastic player. And it's one of those guys that we're always looking for those guys that can impact the game in a few different ways. He's certainly a very impactful and disruptive playmaker. Um, DJ, we talked about this guy. We kind of talked about him the other day when we were looking at, I think we were looking at hits and misses. How mm -hmm. about Logan Wilson from the Cincinnati okay. Bengals being someone of interest? The reason why I like Logan Wilson is when you look at this Cincinnati Bengals defense and everyone talks about Lou and Aroma and what he's able to do for this defense, but a lot of what he's able to do is predicated on the players that he has on the inside. Logan Wilson has the versatility that you like. Hit, run, and cover, can blitz, can run down the seam, makes a ton of plays. 
Uh, I'm going to go with him. He's my last pick, but I want to make sure that he gets a little notoriety. So that's why I'm going to put him right there. All right. I, I like that one. I'm a Logan Wilson guy as well. Uh, that's your final pick here. So you've got Fred Warner, Roquan Smith, Devin White, Bobby Wagner, Logan Wilson. That's a heck of a group. Uh, I have got Shaq Leonard. Um, I've got Nick Bolton. I've got Tremaine Edmonds. I've got Dre Greenlaw in my last pick, a guy who's been doing it and who has been consistent uh, for a while. Um, somebody who I think has always been appreciated in the scouting world when you talk to teams and everything, and now you've seen him really get his due uh, from from the public as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Milano with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you want somebody nice. who can blitz, he can give you that. Um, someone who has – we always talk about stopping power as a tackler. You know, when you make contact, you have force, you have stopping power. He's got that big time. I was kind of surprised. You know, he's 28 years old. I thought he might even be a little bit older than that. But, but this dude's put up a bunch of numbers. He can get to the quarterback if you want him to. He had three picks last year, always around the football, and a leader in terms of what you want in that inside linebacker to be a leader and a presence on your defense. He gives you that as well. Good player. Really good player. Underrated player. I, I say underrated, but he has earned accolades. But uh, you talk about the Bills' defense not being not skipping a beat when they potentially lose a Trayman Edwards. Part of that is because of Matt Milano. Yep, there you go. So out of Boston College – had a heck of a year last year. Had a sack and a half, three picks, always around the football. Good player. So there you go. There's our off-the-ball linebacker draft. Um, we have corners, I believe, coming up on the next episode. Um, so be on the lookout for that one. Anything else uh, you want to add, Buck? I've got, I'm playing in a, a four-on-four scramble uh, match tomorrow. So I'll let you know if I keep my so, winning streak alive here. Okay, so you're changing. I'm even noticing the attire. You're becoming I golf, I golf now. I was up, I was up like, in Coeur d'Alene. Like, up, I was like, up there this last week. I got, and like, I, I didn't like, even play golf, but I went in the golf shop and got a golf shirt. I, I feel like you're coming. I'm really surprised wow. that you're not coming up my way because the U.S. Open is up here. Uh, I, have an, I got an invitation, week. but I don't think I can do it. Yeah, like I uh, actually talked to the director on on the radio show the other day. They just talked about really? how that, yeah, the L.A. country club is going to be big. Be a nice thing. It's going to be. A big I'll be honest thing. with you. I like playing it more than watching it. I gotta say, yes, yeah, hard. You got to pick. You got to navigate in and out. You know what I'm saying? Like, kind of pick and choose when you're going to do it. But you got to watch the, the last round. should be fine. That's what I do. I watch. I watch. You know, give me the last four or five holes and then uh, see the leaders come through. That's about it. But I got, I got, I got, I got, I got to ask you, what, what kind of clubs are we playing with? What kind of clubs are what, what I got hooked thing? up. I got hooked up. Uh, Josh uh, Ruprecht, who's the PR guy, great PR guy for the Chargers. He hooked me up with TaylorMade and got oh. me uh, – I went up there and did the fitting and everything. That poor guy had to, he had to give me all these different clubs and none of them I hit very good. Uh, this is, uh, this was last, gosh, I think I got fitted for him last summer. They came in last fall, but uh, I had convinced myself that that's all I was missing. I just didn't have good clubs. And then, uh, are you, and then are I quickly you, realized the clubs didn't, I mean, they're great clubs, love the clubs, but I'm still a terrible golfer. Didn't have that much. Are you, are you a steel shaft guy? You're a graphite shafts? Like what's, like, what's your thing? Like, I, I think it's I think it's graphite. I don't think yeah. it's steel. I think I think from what I understand, steel means you have more control and uh, you know no, that's probably maybe for a little know. bit more of an advanced player. I don't know. I I, I didn't even I'm, look at it to be totally honest with you. I, I'm I for a long time I had like these. I mean DJ, my clubs were so I had some Big Bertha ninety fives, steel shafts, nice. oversized oversized club head or whatever. Nice. I finally had to I finally had to upgrade them. But man, DJ golf clubs. They, it's expensive. They, this, 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 they gave me a, they the equipment. Did me solid. So shout out yeah. the good folks at TaylorMade because they helped me out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the, the equipment, the equipment is a, equipment is a thing. It's a big yeah. thing. But I tell you what, I always say, the, the, everybody always says, right, there's no such thing as a bad day on the golf course. 
Um, and while you get frustrated, like I do when I play terrible, it is true. Like getting outside, you know, for, for, you know, you talk about mental health or just being with your buddies, laughing, seeing the sun, like that's not a bad way to spend an afternoon. What, you know, try to do it once a week, probably more, mm-hmm. more like once every other week, but that's it. I always enjoy it. Get outside a little bit. Like, that's go cool, do it. Man. Get a chance to get out there and uh, go I'm play. proud of you. You're having a full immersion, like everything, like before, before. By the way, did I, t- did I tell you about my fishing? My fishing expedition. Oh no! So now you're a fisher. You fisherman too. I'm an outdoor. Like, I'm just a regular going. outdoorsman now. Uh, <laughs> you'll Holy smokes! Holy yeah, smokes! This, what are we doing? So this is this is embarrassing. True story. So we bought this house. We moved down here to San Diego a year ago, and there's a little pond, a little pond on the property, and they had stocked this pond with uh, smallmouth bass, and I think there might even be two catfish in there of all things. But it's oh. it's a de- decent sized little pond, right? I don't really, I don't know anything about fishing. I don't really appreciate fish. And these bass are dark colored. So it's not like they're vibrant, you know, adding something to look at. So then I see a buddy who's got this koi pond and these real colorful koi fish. I'm like, that's what I want. I got, I want to, I want those fish. I don't want the other fish that I got. Um, but so I talked to, I've got the pond guy that comes out and cleans it and do all this stuff. And so I'd asked him, I said, Hey, if I throw some koi in there, that those in the bass get along. Okay. They'll be, he said, Oh yeah, yeah, they'll be fine. Oh, so boy. I go, I go, and I these koi fish are expensive, super expensive. So you know, you want to get them a decent size. I'm like, I'm not spending that. But you could get, you'd like, oh, you get the little guys and just let them grow and watch them grow up. Fifteen oh. bucks a piece. So I got three of them. Forty five bucks for these little guys. So I oh, call wow. my buddy who lives in Nashville, and he's country. And I'm like, so I'm like, he'll know this answer. I'm like, hey, my pond guy says. These fish will get, he goes, those fish are gone within two minutes. You throw those oh, things in there, it's going to be a feed, feeding lunch. frenzy. They're yeah. lunch. They're no lunch. chance. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm like, okay, do I believe, do I believe my country friend who's hunting and fishing his whole life or my pond guy? My pond guy doesn't care about this. So I'm like, so me and my son who's 15. So the guy, we go to the shop, you know, the, to the fish shop and they get these guys. And he's like, so you need to tell them where we're going to put them in. I didn't tell him about the bass. But so he goes, um, you got to put them, they're in the bag, they give you the three fish in the bag, you know, like you would get a goldfish at the fair or whatever. So you take the bag, he said, you got to place the bag, you let them float in the bag for an hour in the pond before you cut them loose because it'll shock them. Like they got to get used to the environment. I said, oh my gosh. This, uh, I, I look at my son, I'm like, I'm like these, I think these serving. smallmouth bass are going to eat this, eat these guys. Ser- serving them up. So I'll send you the video. But So we, we, uh, we, we take the bag out, pop those guys in there. Buck, those things took off so fast. And all I and then I never saw them again. I went back 10 minutes later, they're gone. I mean, they, they did not last five minutes in this pond. Not five minutes. And I was thinking of, do you remember when we were kids, people our age used to go to restaurants? <laughs> do you remember we used to go to restaurants and the waiter would come out with this tray of like plastic food that <laughs> yes. represented? I'm like, these bass were just sitting there staring at this food going, when is this guy going to give us these things? This is amazing. You, you, you served up. You served up. So they served, So so now I'm angry. Like this is, this is like, what's the line? What's that line? You put three of mine in the hospital. I'll put six years in the morgue. I said, that's it. We're going fishing. I, I, I go, I go to this place called the outdoorsman, I think is the name of this shop. I go in there, Buck. I'm like, here's the deal. I've got, I've got maybe 24, 26 smallmouth bass in this pond at my house. I got to get them out of there because I got to get them out. I want to put the koi in there. I want the pretty fish, but I got to get the bass out. Oh, so 
I'm like, I need some help. Help me. He's like, I'm like, I need the, the whole setup. So he goes, okay, well, this is the, this is a fishing pole. It's not too bad. You're going to want this pole. And he goes, okay. He goes, and then, uh, probably this reel. I go, okay. Do you think you could put those together for me? I don't like my chances of being able to get those together. Goes, yeah. Yeah. No problem. And you just need to string it up. To, like, Hey, you think you could just get that strung oh, up there for gosh. me? Okay. You're going to need some hooks. All right. Just tell me what hooks I need. Get so get the hooks. He goes here. You're going to try and weave them. I'm like, hope. Can you just can you just put this whole thing together? Same. Right, do the it. whole the whole thing. Buck. You got, you got to get some worms. Got to get some live worms. I'm out. So that's why I was not loving that part of it. So he gives I'm me out. a little little goes to the refrigerator, gets me the live worms. He put the hook on for me. Did everything. And Buck. I mean, I, I'm sitting here. He must. I got to look like the dumbest guy in the world who doesn't know anything about fishing. But I'm like, you know what? I'm an outdoorsman shop down here in San Diego. No harm, no foul. Nobody's ever going to know about this. Hope we're going to go try and catch some fish. So we get up to the front. I go to pay, and he goes, "Are you Daniel Jeremiah?" And oh I go, yeah. I go, I go. Hey, and my trust me, this has not happened very often. Yeah. And I go, please don't tell anybody how dumb I am with this stuff. Like this guy's going to um, go on his little oh, social yeah. media network, be like, oh, I, you yeah. got you guys. Don't ever believe this guy's draft takes. He doesn't even know how to wow. freaking put a re- rod and reel together. Uh, so we get this thing. So now me and my son, so we, both of us, we're like, this is, we're on a little adventure here. So we wow. go down, we go down to the pond. You don't want to know how long it took us to get that first worm on the hook. Oh, DJ, it's not, it's not, it's not my repertoire. Like, I, that's, but Buck, that's, this is this is sh- literally shooting fish in a barrel. Like these fish have just been in this pond and just been fed and fed and fed. Like they are they are living the good life. They have no idea they're getting oh, hunted you, at this point. You played a you played a little trap coverage. Hey, <laughs> hey, the flat is hey, open. I was hey, like, I, to the and, flat. And my, my whole thing, my whole thing, like my experience with fishing is like you sit on a boat and you leave your line in the water. You play some cards, you get some lunch, and then once every 45 minutes, you get a little nibble. Well, when you're in a small stocked pond with fish that have no idea what they, I mean, I drop that worm in there, boom, got one. And I'm like, all right, so I, I, re, I reel him in. My, we got a net, so I drop him in the net. Then it took, so it took us forever to figure out how to get the hook out of the fish. That's so so That's here's thing. one thing. Out. We haven't thought, I haven't thought about what do I do when I catch this thing? I'm not eating it. So I doing? told my son, I'm like, go get the cooler. Go get the cooler out of the shed. What so he th- I don't know. I just seen fish on ice. So that's what I figured I had to do. So you got a bunch of fish on ice. Just, just so, so, <laughs> I've got a, like I'm Albertsons, like I'm Vons or Ralph's. Oh my God. Like I'm a produce. So I've got, oh this, I've got this cooler full of ice. Bam. Drop the, finally get the thing out of there. So then we go to the next one. Uh, get him out. Well, I can't get the hook out of like the second one. So I can't. So finally I rip it. So the hook comes out. I'm like, Oh, oh crap. Now I got to try and string this thing together. I'm trying to do like a boy scout knot to get this next hook in there. Holy so God. apparently I don't do that one well enough because the next one got the worm and the hook and my line came up. I got nothing. This is a, this is a rigged game. I'm not winning. And then, so then finally we get the hook back on there. Right. Well now, I haven't reeled it in properly, so the the line is all the line is all tangled. <laughs> I told you, the it's line like a is all cast in itself. <laughs> the, oh the line the line is all tangled up. So I'm like, well, I can't reel it anymore. So I told my son, I'm like, it's fine. So we just cut it a little bit. So now it's like all it is is a is a fishing pole with the line. I've got the hook on there. I'm still putting worms on. I can't. So I just drop the line in, and then the fish get the worm. I pull it up. I can't reel it in. So I just got to hold the thing up in the air and then grab the fish. Buck, 
we we're, we got 10 of them. We got 10 of them day one, 10 of them day one, put them in the cooler. And then I went, uh, my son had to stay here for football. So my wife had stayed home. And then I went, the rest of my family took two of the kids with me. We went up to Coeur d'Alene uh, for four, four or five days. And so I'm calling back to him and I'm like, Hey, what'd you, what'd you do with the fish? And he's like, I don't know. What do you want me to do with them? I'm like, are they just in the cooler? He's like, yeah. I'm like, Hey, bud, it's, you gotta put those in the trash, man. You gotta throw those in the trash, cinch it up really, really tight. And then it's Ooh. trash day tomorrow. Trash they gotta man. go. I'm pretty sure that's probably against some type of a law. I, I don't know that you're allowed to do that, I, but I, I got fish in a bag and they were get them out. And then I noticed that the cooler did not make its way back into the house. That has been left out by the trash can. I think my wife put the, nope. It's been holding fish for four or five days. Mm, that's oh. not coming back in. Holy smokes. DJ. Like I, but I, I told I, him, I told, I told those bass, I said, look, man, you killed three of my freaking, you ate better than I did that night. $45 dinner. I just provided oh, you guys. You, you served. You took those... three of my guys. I took 10 of yours. Oh man. You just served them up, man. You just served them up like some nice. <laughs> I mean, you served up three coys, $15 a piece. They basically went to the fish version of Mastro's. Yes, they <laughs> did. Just, they did. You just served them up. That's why I don't feel bad. That's why I don't feel oh bad about catching them. Cause I'm like, that was like your final meal. Like, I, I mean, I mean, that's on death row. Don't you get to pick what your last meal is? <laughs> you served them up. Some real, real pretty colorful fish. You got, they got to take down. So the only thing is, I don't know how to get the catfish. So the guy at the store told me at the outdoorsman, my buddy at the outdoorsman told me that I might need shrimp on the bait for that one. I don't think they're going to do the worms. I don't think those uh, catfish are doing the worms. You know anything about fishing? No. I didn't you grew know up that. in North Carolina. You got to know something. I did. I did. But your story sounds like my granddad used to go on these fishing trips and uh, my granddad would come back with, uh, he would always tell me, hey, I'm going to get red snapper. And DJ, I'm not, I'm not saying that my granddad didn't go fishing, but I'm saying my granddad always came back with a cooler full of red snapper that all looked alike. They all looked <laughs> like they were perfectly caught, no snags in them or whatever. And so maybe just maybe my granddad was going to the uh, <laughs> the fish market, <laughs> pulling all these things. All right, after I, nice just sent you, I just sent you. I just sent. I just sent. I just sent you one video. <laughs> Let me get your reaction on the on this one here. Hold on one second. It's gonna go through oh, to your cell phone. Folks. All right, I should have gone through. Oh, okay, I just. You can it. see the last oh, minute. You can see the last minute there of their oh, existence. DJ. Oh man, these two guys. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> they just slid into the pond. <laughs> Holy smoke. They're shaking and shivering. Oh my God. They knew what was coming. <laughs> and they're gone. This is basically, a, this is a fish version of Jaws. Like basically what you just put out there was Jaws. Like, yeah. you know how, dun, dun, like Oh. Uh, wow. I guess. Uh, it's pretty oh bad, man. Gosh. It's not great. Let me see. Uh, uh, I'll see. Uh, anyways, I know I probably shouldn't even still Sorry. be recording this oh, podcast. Pie. People probably got sick of this, but I oh, can't help you. Guys. I oh, man, I wish I could put the video up there for them. So uh, I'm going to send, send you some. I'm going to send you some more. Oh, but the, uh, so yeah, you got to see these things, man. Like they're. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I put it. I put it uh, when we put them in the water. I said, "This is if these guys survive, it's like a sixteen beating a one in the NCAA tournament." <laughs> oh, oh, this is unbelievable. Uh, yeah. So, 
he enjoyed those. I'll send you some more throughout the day. Uh, anyways, hope, sorry for the uh, fishing story. Hopefully you guys didn't, uh, uh, didn't cancel listening to the podcast after that, but, uh, just like, where am I at? What am I doing? Oh, <laughs> uh, you just talk about being set up for failure. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was tough. Um, all right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, maybe I have an update. Maybe I'll go get some more of those fish out. I'll have a story for you in the next podcast. Uh, be on the lookout for that. All right. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you next time right here on finding Nemo slash move the sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.